0: Oh, thank you so much, Marie. It's such an honor and a privilege to be here again. And yeah, I've learned a lot from Marie and her yeses over the years as well. It is so, so great to, to be here in this place again. This has been basically our church home as long as we've been. Um, adults, I guess this was my, this was my church when I was in college and I just love being able to come back here. And it is exciting to see all these new faces and to see the, the people that I don't know yet. And I hope to meet a lot of you today. Um, so yes, about four years ago, we started our, um, organization called equip Mozambique. We had lived in Mozambique previous to that. We, We actually first went over there about 10 years ago. And we started out working with another organization and we learned a lot about the country and we learned the language and a lot about the culture. And um, after a bit, we came, um, I'll just be honest with you, we got really burnt out. And uh, there were a lot of things that were really hard with those first three years we were there. And we came back here to Rolla for a a season. And um, I would say that this church was a huge part of our healing that we were able to experience. And then um, when we left Mozambique, we told God, like, okay, God, we really know that you've called us to missions. We know that you have the, the nations on our heart. And so we will go anywhere you want, except back to Mozambique. Yeah, and you know how God has a sense of humor? Well, we're, we're back in Mozambique again. Um, he, he got us healed to the point where even when he said, are you willing to even go back there—the one place that you said you'd never go again? We were ready to say yes, and it has been an incredible journey. And so, um, I want to share a little bit about um, share a little bit about Mozambique. Um, for those of you who can't place it on a map, don't feel bad. Most people can't. It's circled in blue here in the south southeast part of Africa. Um, this particular map here, the colors uh, indicate what's called the um, Human Development Index, which talks about how con- how developed a country is. Do you have access to clean water? Do you have um, access to food consistently? Do you have access to health care, education? All these things that we kind of take for granted in a country like America, which is up there nice and dark and green. Um, And as you go kind of in the hot pepper scale towards, you know, yellow and red, it gets a lot worse. And so as you see, Mozambique there is in the dark red. And it is um, a country where over half the people live on less than $2 a day over, um, just barely over half the people can read. And when it says can read, it means like see, catch, run. It's like, okay, great. You can read. Being able to really read. It's a lot less than half. Um, and then average life expectancy is only about 50, 50, 51, 52, something like that. And so the the healthcare is horrendous. Life is just hard in general. I'll, I'll just put it that way. Um, but in that background. We've been able to see just so much hope. Uh, we've learned so much about joy through the midst of, like we were singing this morning, um, all these dangers, toils, and snares. And um, I'm, I'm excited to share some of the things I have learned from them uh, over the course of our time there. Um, so just to show you a little bit of a picture of what life look, can look like a lot of times, um, this is kind of an average person in an average person's house. It's probably smaller than most of your bathrooms, <laughs> just to to put put things in perspective. And we do get a lot of really rough weather there. You can we have you know floods and even cyclones and things like that so that will just knock this guy's house down, and he'll go, oh, guess I need to build another one. And that that happens over and over again as the seasons go on. Um, and so that's most of the country. It's about eighty percent, roughly. Uh, rural, but we actually live in the city. We live in the second largest city in Mozambique, um, which is a town called Bera, and that. Uh, so we live in an apart, or we used to live in an apartment similar to this. We finally got into a little bit nicer house that has a yard for the kids to play in, which is great. Um, but yeah, we live in the city, and there, while there are these nice apartments and things, uh, if you look, there's all these little shacks down uh, to the, the back there. Those are not garages, those are more homes, and that's where the majority of even the city people live, is in these slums and shacks and things just um, all over the place. And so... So that's just kind of the, the backdrop and the reality. Um, let's see. So before I go into our, our kind of our update of, of our victories and the, the awesome things God has done through us, 2017 was probably our best year yet. And we were so blessed and we were so, um, we just saw God move in so many amazing ways. But before I go into sharing that update and, and what God's did and all the, the, the cool stuff, I really felt strongly I need to share some of the, the junk that we've been through as well. Um, cause I know in particular, this, this congregation has been through a lot in the past year. And, um, I just want to be real with you that it's not all victories. It's not all roses. It's not all unicorns and sunshine. Um, and, God's definitely drug us through a lot of stuff in, in the process. Um, when we came to you guys last time, it was in the fall of 2016, three days before we hopped on a plane to come to the States, we were kicked out of the church that we had been working with for two years. And when I say working with, I mean we had devoted our lives to this one church. Um, we were there constantly. like it, They had services almost every day of the week, and we were serving in the leadership team. Our, our lives were totally wrapped up in this church, and there was a, a conflict between us and, and the pastor, and, he, and we, we just tried everything we possibly could to resolve it. But when it came down to a decision of really following what we felt God was saying or following him, we had to tell him no because we were like, well, if it's between you and God, we, we, we have to say yes to God no matter what. And he said, fine, I'll, I'll get you kicked out of the country which he actually had the power to do And because he was holding our residency cards and he could, like our green cards were under his church, under his authority. And so he kicked us out and we were absolutely devastated. And we, we spent so many hours just, you know, pacing the house all night long, unable to sleep, crying out to God, like what now? And we had no clue what what we were supposed to be doing, what we were supposed to um, do with our lives from that point. Like, should we move back to the States again? Should we fight this and see if we can stay in the country some other way? Should we, like, we, we didn't know. And um, I just want to, to share with you, it's, I don't know, so well-known, almost cliche, but Psalm 23 was one thing that just really pulled me through that time. So Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And of course, in, in John chapter 10, Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. And so, you know, he's not, he's not going to lead you anywhere that he's not going to go with there with you. I have all that I need. And even when you go through times of struggle, and even when you go through the many dangerous toils and snares, he still makes sure that you have all that you need. He lets me rest in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths to bring honor to his name. And a lot of us would like to stop there and just say, all right, it's all green meadows. It's all peaceful streams. It's all wonderful. I have everything I need. I'm never going to be lacking, right? But then he goes on. He says, even when, not if, when I walk through the darkest valley. Of course, some translations say the valley of the shadow of death. When is the, the key word there. We're, going, we're all going to go through these rough times. We're all going to go through rough valleys. But when we do, he is there with us. And we should not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And so I just wanted to to share that a little bit with you guys to, to show, even though we have uh, great things that have happened, that be, I promise I will get to that part um, great things that have happened, it's not without the struggle, and it's not without tears, and it's not without pain. And I just want to encourage you I know you guys are going through rough stuff, in either in the church life or in your personal lives, but you have a good shepherd who meets all your needs. And even when you're going through those darkest valleys, he is right there next to you. And so, um, out of that church that, that we left, um, another pastor came up to us. He was a a missionary pastor from Brazil and he, he came up and said, you know, I don't, I don't agree with what that other pastor did kicking you guys out. I will give you guys residencies. You can come under my church and I'll make sure you guys get to stay in the country and you don't even have to attend my church, but I want to make sure you guys are still here. Cause he believed in us. He, he was a personal friend and he said, we're going to make this possible for you to stay here. And, um, before we went, uh, to Mozambique this second time in 2014, we, we had a lot of things in our heart that we felt God was leading us to. But because we were so busy with that first church, we realized that we never had time to follow what we really had on our hearts. And so suddenly when we went back to, to Mozambique after this, this visit in 2016, we had all this free time. And we're like, wow, we can really do what God's put on our hearts to do. And that was exciting. And so we had all the time to, to, to be able to do it. And when we came here last time, we had two employees, and now we have 16. Um, we have a, a great staff of amazing um, people that that work with us, and um, and we really feel like we get to to f- fulfill our mission, which our mission statement for our organization is breaking the cycle of poverty through empowering godly Mozambican leaders. And we get to to watch these people grow up and learn how to lead and how to, to bear fruit that r- will last, which is our, our kind of our theme verse out of John 15, 16. Not just bearing fruit for today, but fruit that will last, something permanent, something that's going to continue. So just in the, the year of 2017, our staff, okay, by the, time, by, by the time we reached December, we had five, but from five to 18, we started a, a brand new library. And so that went... That was a, an amazing story, all of its own. But we went from zero to over 700 books in, in one year. Um, I had started a sewing school with that first church. And so I had um, seven ladies working with me. And so last time you saw me, it was, it was tiny. It was just me and those seven ladies. And now that's grown to, we've trained over 50 women. And they've just started a new term, even here in my absence. And I'm really proud of them. They're, they're doing great stuff. Um, in addition to our sewing school, we've started training up teachers to start other sewing schools and they've been uh, successful as well. We have six daughter schools coming out of that. Um, I'll explain a little bit later, uh, about our, well, I think John will explain a little bit later. We have an, uh, a mobile app. Because even in the midst of all that poverty, most people have cell phones. You might find that surprising, but a lot of people do. And we've uh, figured out a way to, to get the Bible out to people using uh, a mobile app that we call the Fountain of Life. And we grew from um, uh, yeah, not, not that many users to over 50,000 in, in one year. Um, and then we also moved offices. We had this little bitty three-bedroom apartment where everyone, like, as our team grew, and we had, you know, 18 people who were, like, squished elbow to elbow. It's like, okay, can you, like, take turns breathing because we're a little, a little squished in here. Um, then now we have a, a huge facility that has not only space for what we've grown to but room to grow some more. And so it's been... It was a really wonderful year. Uh, so I would... Uh, Want to share a little bit about the sewing school and um, yeah, what started it and why. And so, I I have a friend in Mozambique. Her name is Nora, and she's a wonderful, wonderful Christian lady. And her heart was just really moved to help the widows, especially in in our community. And she she started visiting some of their homes. And she's Mozambican, but she even she didn't realize just the level of desperation that some of these women in our communities were living in. And she came to me in tears. She was like, Carla, they sleep on the floor in the mud. They have rats biting them at night. They can't sleep because of the rats in their house. Like their, their roofs are so full of leaks that it's just always raining on them, even if they're under the roof. And it's just, you know, their lives are just horrible. They don't have enough food to eat. And what can we do about this? And and so we we sat down together and we started dreaming, like, what can we do to help these women out? And the the longer we've been doing this, the more we've met, met this one young mother that there's this one tiny corner of her house where the rain doesn't come in. And so she grabs her baby and she just has to sit all, all up in this one little corner to make sure the baby doesn't get wet while it's raining. And just all these just... The, the, the stories, I could, I could go on about the the difficulties that these women are living in, but if you give them food, they're hungry again tomorrow. If you f- fix their house a little bit now, it's going to fall in again tomorrow, and they're not going to have anything to to repair it again. And so we said, what can we do long-term? You know, the, the old phrase, you know, give a person a fish, you feed them for a day, but teach them to fish Let's make a permanent change. Let's do something sustainable. And so that's what we, we dreamed up this sewing school together. It, it started out just as, um, I was like, well, it's kind of a hobby of mine. I don't, I've never really taught sewing to anyone else, but I enjoy sewing. So maybe that could give them jobs, something like that. And sure enough, it took off. It went great. Um, our, our first class there, we had seven ladies, and they they worked so hard to learn. And some of them they could barely even see the needles. But then we got some uh, reading glasses donated, so they could finally see the needles and thread them. And um, and yeah, so they've they've they 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 learn the skills, and they they've been able to sew enough to even buy themselves their own sewing machines. Most of those seven ladies are now working from home and are super successful. And it has just been awesome to see how um, their lives have been transformed just through this little thing that was my hobby. And I just really love being able to to, to see what what God has done through that little bit of effort that I put in. Uh, This lady here is Maria. She was one of my, my first students and now she is the head teacher of the school. She um, caught the vision, not just to, she's also a widow, but she, she didn't just want the skills for herself. She wanted to share them with others. And so now she has um, helped me teach, you know, multiple other terms of of schools. And, and she's running it in my absence. And she's doing a great job. We um, started up having, like I said, not, not just schools then for, or classes for, for the widows themselves, but also for um, other women who want to start schools. And so, hey, we'll train you to be a teacher. We'll train you how to manage a school, how to do the finances of it, how to do the sewing machine maintenance and everything else that you might need. And, and so that's how we've been able to start to the, the other schools. Um, but th- I feel like one of the most important things we do is um, every class we do a Bible study and, and have prayer with them as well. And the testimonies that have come out of this are just incredible, too. One of the ladies even said, she was like, I would just come for the Bible study, even if you didn't teach me how to sew, because she just felt so affirmed. Because these women have been told their whole lives that they are worthless. They are nothing. And to, to come in and say, guess what? You're a daughter of the king. You matter. Your life has value. God has a plan for your life, and it's not a horrible plan. It's a future with filled with hope, just like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says. That's our kind of our theme verse. Is like God has a future and a hope for you, and that is um, it's just wonderful to see them not just come out of physical poverty, but also just the emotional and the spiritual poverty that they had uh, been living under for their whole lives. And so that's that's my. My pet project, and I, I absolutely love it. And we brought several of the products that these ladies have made. They're out there in the the foyer. Um, several of you have already bought some things. Thank you. And um, I'll be out, out there after the service, and if you want to peruse and see um, if you want to get something after the service, that'd be great. And every, every, all the, the proceeds go back to the women who make them, and they get to... Um, put their kids into school. They get to put food on their tables. They get to fix their houses when they fall apart. And it's just been really amazing to see the transformation in their lives through just the the skills training that they've received. Um. Sorry, I kind of got ahead of myself, I guess. I should have shared that late, earlier. All right, so uh, these are just a couple pictures. The the ones on the left there are our old building there where we were just elbow to elbow to elbow and just, just super cramped. And now you can see on the, the right side there we have this nice huge open space um, in our new building that God provided for us that we moved in in August of last year. Um before I move on, I wanted to share a little bit of some of the lessons I've learned from these ladies. Because I'm not the only teacher. They teach me all the time. Um, there's one lady there. Her name is Estrella. And she, she has taught me so much about giving the glory to God. Uh, she, when she came to the school, she said, There are so many other women in need in my church. And I don't know why my pastor chose me. Like, there's so many of them. But I know that God wanted me here. And she's always the first to give the glory to God. And she says, wow, God had a plan for me. And, and, and one thing I love about her is anytime anything happy happens, she just bursts into song. They're like it's it's a constant musical wherever Estrella is, and and she gets everybody to join in with her, and she's just so joyful. I remember um, at Christmas time we gave all the ladies um, in the school just a, a little you know Christmas gift of a shopping bag with like a soda and a, a couple you know snacks and stuff for their for their little Christmas party, and she just bursts into song. Is like woohoo, this is so great we get to celebrate Christmas, and um, I just love love her heart of joy and how she gives the glory to god for every little thing that happens and um and so so she she's just been a wonderful part of our team we've actually hired her also to be part of our our teaching staff and she's she's just doing a great job of uh sharing what she has learned with others which is just awesome to see uh those are some of the stories of what we've been through, what we've been doing. And I think John's going to take it from here and share some of our other projects because they're more his things. We kind of have his and hers ministries going on at this point. He doesn't do much sewing. He helps me a lot with the administration of it, though, because I would be totally lost without him. But uh, we're going to uh, share a little bit about the the Bible app that I alluded to earlier. So here he goes.
1: Thanks, Carla. Yeah. Isn't she awesome? Yeah, I get to live with her. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was um, it, it was incredible. We actually um, have a long history with this church. We we met at um, after after uh, church one day. Um, it, it was it was at a youth ministry uh, thing here, or sorry, college college ministry. Um, and yeah, she uh, it, it was like her first week or so here. Uh, she had gone to a, a Christian college. Um, wanting to do missions and find somebody, find find a guy that was passionate about missions and um, it didn't work out. And then she came here and like the first week um, she met me <laughs> and we were both like really into missions. we were like, yeah, God's calling us into missions. And she just didn't expect that. Anyway, yeah, here we are almost 11 years later. Well, 13 years, I guess. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got an an app called the Fountain of Life um, app. And so it is really weird. We have kind of his and hers ministries, but we're we're trying the strategy. Um, so oftentimes, like from from the pulpit, it sounds like we we've planned things, and then, um they've happened that's not how it is ended up working we've just said yes to god and then we've kind of had to come up with the reasons why he's told us to do things afterwards <laughs> it's kind of kind of backwards but um i think oftentimes you just you know you feel the lord leading you to do something you do it and then you realize why afterwards so anyway that's where we are um and and what we're doing is um I'm going to call it a barbell strategy where we're we're trying to help out the the bottom ten percent and we're trying to help up the top help out the top ten percent in terms of abilities. Um, and so the bottom ten percent, um, there's nobody helping these widows. There's nobody I can think of actually in the world that is in a more hopeless situation than um, than some of these ladies. and um, so so we're, we're helping the bottom ten percent because we're, number one we're commanded to, uh, you know, God told us to go to the least of these. Um, and it is so important to help these people. Um, and also we're, we're helping the top 10% because we're in a really, really poor country, and there are, um, th- these people have abilities, they have talents, um, but they have nobody that can um, give them the opportunities they need. And so the the app here, we're not just developing it, I'm working with a team of Mozambicans, uh, Mozambican youth, that have some, some talents in, in computers, but we're taking them to the next level, I think. Um, some of them, you know, they, they look at what we're doing, they're like, I could not believe we could do this in Mozambique. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, um, I, I'm going to share about the project side, but my heart is way more the people um, and, and training training these people how to um, do, do a project, how, how, to, how to take something, how to take a small vision God's given you and make it, um, turn it into something much larger. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we've got a, an app called the Fountain of Life um, Bible app. And it is um, an app for your cell phones. I, um, let me pull out my cell phone here um, and show you what it looks like. Um, yeah, so it, this, is, this is the app. And um, there, there's a lot of need for something like this. You might think, oh, Mozambique, that's one of the poorest countries in the world. How many people have cell phones? Um, but we've, we've got over 50,000 downloads. We've only got like 38,000 in Mozambique. Um, but if you take a country of 29 million people... Right, And then do the percentages of how many of them are Christian. There's a there's little less than 20% Christian. Um, and then if you take the, the percentage of those who have cell phones, and it's about 20% of households, a little higher um, of, of households. But if you do all the math, then we've only reached about 3.5% of people with, with the app. The, uh, Christians with, with smartphones. That's, that's the people we're going for. And We've only reached about 3.5% of those. So we've got a long way to go still. Um, but you can click on the Bible and listen to the Bible in your own language. Um so most of you speak English uh, I'll share share a little bit let's go f- let's go to Luke. Um but you can click on any chapter in the Bible and then here come out.
0: In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered.
1: <laughs> all right. So <laughs> yeah, you can just listen to it um on on your phone and um that's an I think it's a, it's a really cool thing for us. Um, how many of us have an app on your phone that you use with for the Bible somehow some way? Right. Most of us. Okay. Um, most of the world doesn't have access to that. So, um, this is for Portuguese speaking Africa, principally. And um, there is not an, another Bible app in Portuguese. Uh, well, there, there are a couple, um, but not uh, number one, not free. <laughs> so, uh, most of them are, are either paid for or they, they're freemium, they've got ads on them. Um, and there's none for Portuguese-speaking Africa, so there's none with the tribal dialects there. And so we, we, even though we have people in Brazil and Portugal that are using the app, um, it's way more for, for the, African country, uh, the African countries. So just to give you an idea, um, that is a picture of a church that um, bought 10,000 Bibles. Right? So that's a picture of 10,000 Bibles. So multiply that by five and then get all of those Bibles to somebody in their tribal dialect, in their local language. Um, and that's that's what we've been able to do um, just <laughs> through the grace of God. It's it's really an insane project when you think about it. Um, but yeah, we, we've got there's about 38 lo- local languages in Mozambique, and we have the the audio Bible for uh, 14 of those at the moment. Um, and so people can can get the Bible in their local language. Um, there's one other thing with this. These are the written translations, and so so many of the languages that we have the Bible in. Uh, the Bible's the only thing in that language. So you would have to learn how to read in your language before you can actually read the Bible in that language. Um, so it's a really complicated system, um, whereas if you just get the audio, then it's just direct heart language I- um, instant. And and so um, it's it's amazing how many people are using the app and how, how much further uh, the gospel's going uh, with this. And so, yeah, we, we've got um, easy-to-access relevant format. So there, there are a couple other apps out there, like... Um, what 's what 's the yeah the u version app um, has some of these languages, but um, for if you 're a Mozambican, then you have to go through an English language menu, you have to find your language in one of twelve hundred languages through the drop down um, and it's it 's really complex, so what we 've done with this app is actually we 've made it with um, pictorials we, we made it with images there so you don't even have to learn how to read uh, to be able to click the buttons and we've made it like just three clicks so th- three clicks to get to the bible in your local language um so well four clicks the first one you have to choose your country so <laughs> you have to know what your flag looks like but uh yeah you can get there from there uh, and and so it's um it's really an amazing project and um it's it's been going uh faster than i've been able to keep up with it next um, so here is, oh, you can't really see that very well. Uh, there's there's Mozambique with smallpox. Um, <laughs> a, a picture, but all of the red dots uh, aren't diseases. Those are uh, people that have used the app. This was just a, a two-month capture of the people who were using using the app. And uh, one of the things that we were told is that, oh, well, it'll only be used in cities. Um, and that hasn't been the case at all. It's been used all over the place, really, um, in, in a way that's been really shocking to me. I, I didn't realize... How much um, something like this could spread, uh, but we we took a really tiny area um, just around the, the city of Tet there, and we we blew it up, and you can see how many red dots are around that area too. So um, there's there's a lot of people that are using it all over the place, um, and it's it's really strange actually because most places that we go, um, well, it, uh, there, there is about double the number of people who have access to a cell phone as who have electricity in their houses. Um, so most of the time, you, um, even if you don't have electricity in your house, then you go over to your neighbor's house, you charge it. Um, there are kiosks in the market where you can go and charge your cell phone. Um, we have pastors that, uh, that that connect with us, and it takes us multiple days to get um, a message to them because we we send them a message and they only turn on their phone once every three days because there's no electricity in their village. Um, they only turn on their phone, check their messages, uh, you know, maybe download some um, some things here, and then they they turn it off again. Uh, and, and so that's how they, they do things. But they still have contact with cell phones, which is just, yeah, just incredible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that's the app. And um, if you take the, the sewing ministry and the app, you're, you know, we're, we're already doing a lot, right? Um, <laughs> it turns out God wanted to do even more things. Um, and so we, we started a Christian library last year. Uh, we called it the, um, the uh, Biblioteca Beriano. So, uh, biblioteca is the word for library, but the, um, the barren Library, because uh, we're in the city of Bera. and um, you've got, the, and so the barren and um, it sounds really close to Berian, particularly in Portuguese. And in Acts 17, there was a group of people that looked and studied the Scriptures. Um, they they didn't just hear the preaching that uh, that preachers were telling them and hear the message about God, but they they went and studied it. Uh, so we took this concept. Uh, and the play on words, and we uh, we started a library, and it, it was just a, a thing that the pastor said, well, we, we could really use more uh, more materials and if you look at what a Mozambican pastor uses to um, to prepare their sermons it 's like it 's the Bible, and that 's kind of it. Um, some of them don't even have Bibles. So um, it, in terms of what you use uh, to, to prepare a sermon here, you have reference materials, you have concordances, you have indexes, you've got all of these different materials, all these different books that you can use to get, uh, glean a little bit more information. Um, and they just didn't have that. So so we started a library at the, um, the request of the, the Mozambicans um, in the area, and this thing has grown a lot. Um, and uh, our city is about the size of Kansas City, and this is the second largest public library, second largest um, by by usage right now. And we're going for uh, number one in in our city um, this next year. And it's, it's just incredible what happened. This was something that was on our heart for about a year and a half, and we were just praying about it, and nothing really happened about it. We were just praying and praying, and um, then we had a meeting with the pastors, and they said, yeah, we could really use a library, and that was on Friday. Um, on Sunday I had a phone call with a guy that donated several thousand dollars for books. Um, and the next month we got a, a, all the books in from the, the capital city because there are no Christian, um, bookstores in our area. And then, um, the next month we opened it, everything was rented. <laughs> um, so the, the, the tables were rented, half the books were rented. Um, and then the, the bookcases were rented too, and the, the location was rented. Um, but since then we've, we've grown a little bit more, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's our library right now, um, as is. We have a little bit more, a uh, couple more books. Um, and the, the Mozambicans um, came to me. It was actually when we were here, but they're like, hey, we've got a lot of kids in the area. And uh, they don't know um, the, the, the joy of reading at all. And uh, c- can we start a Saturday program with all the kids? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You know, let's start a Saturday program. Uh, so they, yeah, that's, that's down uh, in the corner. That is new as of like a month ago, a month and a half ago. Um, and it's just really encouraging for me. Um, my, my passion is with the staff. I, I to- think I told you that earlier. Um, but the, to, for them to hear uh, a vision, to, to hear something like, yes, we need to, to do this, to see a need in their community and go out and do it, Absolutely, you know that's that's the thing that really um, really gets me excited and passionate. um so yeah that's that's what we're doing uh, with the library, and um, it's just incredible what what God's doing in that. So um this was a giant leap of faith last year. we We were in this little small three bedroom apartment um, doing all of our ministry, but as as Carla said, we were really shoulder to shoulder. Um, I, my, my most co-director and I were trying to have meetings at the same time. And, uh, I knew it was bad when I tr- I pulled somebody out to, to try to have a meeting in the hallway, um, be- because there were, there were already four people in our office. Um, I was trying to meet in the hallway and he had already pulled someone out, uh, to talk there. And I was like, well, I could either go to the stairwell outside or maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe in the lawn or something. Um, but yeah, there were kids kicking soccer balls out there. So, uh, I, we, we realized eh, it's about time to move. Um, and then this building opened up about a uh, just like two blocks from us, um, really massive building. And um, just because of the economic situation, um we got it for about a seventy five percent discount in terms of monthly rent um so it was way more like we we looked at the building and you know um bernardo who was here a couple years ago um told me well john this is it's it's incredible it's way bigger than what we thought um way bigger than what we need right now but the price that they're selling it or they're, they're renting it at is much cheaper than what i thought it would be too so um uh, we ended up praying and going um, going with this this center and um it's it's been really really neat we were able to move the the, the library into here um, and since we've done this, it's been great to have just local pastors come in. It's, it's a place where um, people get encouraged, they get empowered, and they get uh, refreshed and sent back out um, to their ministries. So um, my, the biggest compliment for me has happened a couple times where um, a pastor walks in and, and says, yeah, we, we read this in the Bible, but we didn't know how. And, you know, um, we, we read that we were supposed to help the poor, but we didn't know how. Um, we, we knew that we were supposed to work with the other churches, but we didn't know how. Um, and that, that's happened a couple times. It's, that's the biggest compliment I can get. Um, and it's, it's a real real neat thing to be able to do that for them, to be able to say, yeah, if, if you want to help the poor in your area, we'll, we'll make sure it happens. Um, we'll, we'll make sure that you can get uh, sewing machines. We'll train up your staff. All you need is passionate people, um, and so it, it, all, all you need is people with that heart to to reach the poor in their area. Um, and and we'll partner with you, and we'll we'll make it happen. Um, and and also, like if you want to if, if you want to go deeper with God, then great. We've got a library. You know, we we've got more books. We've got material. You can um, you you can go deeper with Him. You you've got the knowledge. You've got the ability now and you've got the opportunities. And so um that's the just things that that we've done um and it's 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 amazing to be a part of it. Yeah, that's that's the the full thing. Um th- this is kind of the vision of what we want to do. Um this is still a little bit uh, a little far out. We've got the IT and computer training center in the lower right corner. Um and I think we've got what 10 desks in there. Um what we'd like to eventually we've got like four right now. <laughs> uh it's a little empty um and and then we don't really have the training room or the conference room done but the um the sewing room uh that's going really well and the library is going really well as well so things are things are moving um oh also the break room we don't have uh the kitchen area set up so it's just a couple tables and stuff but it's amazing what you can do when you start small um and just kind of trust that that god's got it from there um yeah so that's that's great um, so, just a couple things that I, I wanted to talk, uh, talk to you about, about what we're learning about following Christ. Um, and sometimes in, um, in America, you can get the, the sense that, um, that it's, it's about Jesus and your life. So, um, when you accept Christ as your Savior, then um, your life becomes better. It's, it's like what, everything that you wanted to do, but it's like 20% better. It's like the cherry on the cake. Uh, you've got God blessing your own abilities, your, your, your own plans for your life. Um, but there's not as much power in that, there's not as much life. Um, God has another plan for each of us, you know, and, and what He asked us to do is come and die. Um, to our own uh, abilities to our own will, um, to our own plans for our own life it, um, and and there 's so much more power in that there 's so so much more than trying to live your own life um, and we 've seen it over and over again uh, the things that we 've wanted to do in our own lives um, have actually impeded us from what god's god 's had for us um, so yeah it's it 's about the or life it's it 's not about um, the and life it's it 's not you know you're um you do your own thing, and then you give ten percent of it to jesus uh, there's so much more that God has for each of us, uh, so much more that He wants in in our lives and um yeah it's 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 about saying yes uh, it's about saying yes, even when it's painful um, it's it's about um, yeah, just, just saying, saying yes, being, being willing to give it all up. Uh, Carla, Carla talked to you about you know, that we were willing to go anywhere, willing to do anything for God except for go, to, go back to Mozambique. <laughs> um, and you know, um, we, we knew that was wrong. We, we knew, and it, God just wasn't talking to us. He wasn't telling us what the next step was. And we knew we had that little bit of our lives left that we, we hadn't given up to him. Um, we knew we didn't want to go back there. And um, it, it took less than two weeks after we both said, "Okay, God, even if you send us back to Mozambique, even if you send us back to the same place, um, then then we'll do it." Uh, it took less than two weeks after that where he said, "All right, well, you're starting to quit Mozambique and you're going there." So um, he was just waiting for us to um, to just give up, you know, our our own. Um, our own lives first. Um, yeah, Matthew 16 um, talks about if, if you deny yourself, um, pick up your cross and follow me, then, then you'll find life. Um, and if, if, you, if you were trying to hold on to your own life, then you're going to lose it. But if you give up your, uh, my, uh, your life for my sake, then you'll find it. Um, and that's, that's really practical. It's really easy to test, right? Okay, so the, the whole world is saying follow your own dreams, your own desires, um, and you'll find life. You know, and the, the church says no. Follow God's God's dreams and desires, and you'll find life really, r- really easy to test. You know, um, <laughs> and it's 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 been um, been an incredible journey. I, I can tell you that even even in the hardships, God's with you um, through it. And and when He calls you to something, it's going to be hard. Um, but it's going to be absolutely worth it. I, I can't believe some of the things that we've been through, just the, heart, the, 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 the hurt and the pain, and also the victory. Um, there's just so much on, on both sides. You get to see all the victory and stuff here. Uh, talk to us about the pain later. <laughs> no, um, But it's, yeah, it's, it's really, really amazing. Um, and I think the, the other thing is he's teaching us that it's, it's about um, doing things with God. It's not doing things for God. Um, when, when you, we see things, when we see giant problems in life, um, our, our big temptation, I think, is to be overwhelmed or to think, God, why are there these problems? Um, and, and each problem, uh, I think we need to get to the place where we, we see a problem and it's an invitation from God, uh, you know, saying, hey, do you want to do this with us? Uh, do, do, do you want to do this with me and, and the people I'm already calling? Um, c- can we wake up in the morning, see the problems, um, and... And see it as an invitation. Um, my kids, whenever the power goes out, they love it. They're, they're like, "Yeah, power's out. Woo, we get to get get our flashlights out. Um, and And then you know Kyron's like, "Dad, do you need help with stuff?" And you know um, we've got uh, two hundred twenty volts over there, and every time the power goes out, well, like half the time it's the city, half the time it's some something that broke at our house. Um, but it happens pretty often. Uh, but but he gets to to go out there with with me and um, my tools and um, afterwards after we fix something then you know he he comes back and what does he say yeah I fixed it you <laughs> know he forgets that it was yeah more more me than uh, that fixed things he was just handing me tools right uh, he wasn't even touching this this system really um, but that's what it it means to be a Christian. Um, God wants so desperately to do things, but he's waiting on us. He's waiting for somebody to do it with him. Um, every, every problem, everything that he says, yes, I, I want to change this. Uh, I want to change this in your city. I want to change this in your friends. I want to change this in your neighborhood. Um, it, he's asking, will you do it with me? Um, will, you, will you do this with me? Um, and and it's, it's amazing when you can think of it in those terms. Um, it's amazing when you can you can take what God says and have hope um, when nobody else has hope. Hope is just so powerful. Um, and you know when you can get to the point where you say you don't have hope for your own life, but i I, I will hope for you. Um, I, I have hope for you, and that's what we did with these ladies, these widows. They didn't have any hope um, of uh, of their situation changing. A lot of the youth that that we teach. Um, how to do IT stuff they don't they didn't have a hope of being able to learn these things um, but and but we had that hope for them through through Christ we said yes you know we we will hope for you um, and, and for me, it's, um, I, I, come from a family that serves God. You know, my, my dad's a pastor and, you know, so it was just from when I was a l- little kid, it was like, yeah, we serve God. That's what we do. <laughs> um, but, um, I, I really ran into this, uh, temptation of doing things for God, not with him. Um, and, and if you're in Christian ministry, it's really easy, uh, to do things for God. You're like, yeah, I'm doing this for you, doing this for you, doing this for you. You can forget that he wants to do things with you. Um, and that his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Um, that he just asks you to do things, and the things that God asks you to do are doable. Um, my, uh, my, own, um, my my own, uh, my what I am asking of myself every day isn't doable. Um, I'm I'm very much a perfectionist. I I'm a, like I like I try to throw everything into um, to what I can do, and what God tells me to do every day is doable. Um, what other people are asking of me is impossible. Um, but the things that God's doing, I might not want to do them, but they're doable. Um, so, you know, oftentimes when you ask him, it, when, when you're just really uh, quiet and you ask, well, Lord, what do you want? Um, it's to call somebody and ask, ask for forgiveness. Um, it's 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 reconciliation. Um, it's asking for for forgiveness from somebody. It's it's talking to somebody. It's calling one of your friends and encouraging them. It's it's simple things, and it might not be what we want to do, but it's it's absolutely doable. Um, unlike what other people ask of us. <laughs> Sometimes it can be really overwhelming um, and for for me in particular, um, whenever I wake up in, um, in the morning being being here then i 've got a giant laundry list of people from Mozambique that have tried to contact me over um, at night time and then my phone starts ringing at eight o 'clock here um, and with with the app we 're working with um, it's it 's over twenty different organizations in terms of um, resources and things. Um, that are that are actually on the app, and so uh, you know phone calls and everything from all these different organizations. It's very hard and overwhelming, um, but the things that God's asking me to do daily um, are absolutely possible to do. So yeah, I just wanted to encourage you guys in that um, that that what He asks, they're hard, not impossible, and um, that no matter what He calls you to, He's gonna um, He He says I'll be w- there with you. That's the biggest promise, um, and. I, um, I think all of us, uh, if, if we can get to that place where it doesn't matter what we pass through, but it, when He says, "I'm with you," is, if that's enough for us, then we're in a good place. Um, you know, when, when He can say, "I'm with you," and that's that's enough, um, then then we're right where He wants us, no matter what what we're passing through at that time. Just know that, yeah, God's got got a plan for each of you.